Hey everybody, welcome to episode 78 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week, I want to address my most requested show topic, something that I have avoided, and that is how to program or create programs on your metal detector. So let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the episode this week. If you want to support the show, there are many options available in the links in the episode notes below. And if you want to interact with me and the show, that information is in there too. But most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends at least one and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. I hope the only discrimination you have in your life has been of the fairest type. Not much in the way of detecting for me last weekend, as it was a super important eight-year-old's birthday, and family will always come first, as you can imagine. So this week, I want to talk about my most requested show topic, which is how do I create a program, or what programs do I use on my detector, or some flavor of this. There isn't a week going by where I'm not asked this, and I can understand this. You are all metal detectorists. You want to make sure you are doing what you can to maximize your chances of a successful hunt. You want to make sure that you have your detector set up so that you are leaving nothing behind. But what if I told you there is no magic program that can do this, leave nothing behind? And frankly, some programs are total bullshit, positioned as a Midas touch of programs, only to be shown as some sort of snake oil later on. I say this because one man's program is not the same as another man's program. One man may be looking for coins in specific ground conditions, while the other may be looking for small gold nuggets in the desert. And in these situations, an educated detectorist can set up their detector to best match what they're looking for and to what environment they are searching in. Another reason I stayed away from this topic is because of you guys. You all have different detectors. You are all at different stages with the hobby. And I can't cater or relate to you all if I specifically only go through my detecting programs. However, here I am talking about creating detecting programs. I have been thinking on this for a while to how best to do this. And what I've come up with is the following thought process. I have gone through each of the features available in most detectors and categorized them as either a filter, as in they filter out some information for you to make it easier for you to identify targets, or as additive, where there is some form of augmentation on top to help you better ID targets during the hunt. What I would suggest is to set up your filters first and then layer your augmentation on top of that so you're essentially filtering out all the noise and layering functions on top of this to enhance what is left after the filters. So the very first step in creating a program is to identify what this program will be looking for and where it will be used. Will it be a coin shooter on the beach or a relic program in the field? If you're trying to set up a program for all eventualities, you're better off sticking with the pre-programmed programs that come with your detector. But if you want to set up a very specific program for a very specific target, then let's get started and let's look at discrimination first. The most basic of features, but also probably the most important that comes with all metal detectors. So discrimination is essentially a filter and it's the detector's ability to filter out targets based on their conductivity or ferrous properties. 
With discrimination, for example, you can notch, some brands still use this term, but notch out targets that may fall in a conductivity or ferrous range. For example, you may want to filter out low conductivity or high ferrous targets for coin shooting, or you may want to leave it in there if you're a relic hunter. What this means is that you can select an area in the discrimination range that correlates to the conductivity range of the targets that you wish to find. So pick your discrimination first for what you're targeting. Then, if you have the option of changing your detector's frequency, I would do this next. Frequencies determine how well your detector can identify a target. For example, a lower frequency will be good for larger silver, but not so good on small gold. And vice versa, a higher frequency will be great for smaller gold, but not so good for larger silver. Most detectors operate between 3 kHz and 30 kHz. The Mine Lab Knox and Vanquish can go up to 40 kHz, and most Nugget machines operate north of this frequency, up to about 80 kHz, making them great for finding small gold. I would consider adjusting the frequency if you can as a filter, as you are tuning into a specific frequency range suited to what you're looking for. So if you can adjust it, then go for it. Another feature I would consider as a filter would be sensitivity. This is the detector's ability to find an object of a certain size, normally the size of a quarter at a certain depth. This is why when you pinpoint a target that your detector has indicated is 6 inches deep, that when you dig it, you either find it is smaller if it's shallower than 6 inches, or bigger than a quarter if it's deeper than 6 inches. But this can be used to your advantage, because turning down your sensitivity doesn't really lower the depth that your detector can detect. You may lose half an inch to an inch, but nothing more. However, you can actually use sensitivity to filter out smaller targets at depth. You can use it to filter out small bits of aluminium on trashy sites. Or the opposite, if you want to grab every little minute piece of metal, then ramp that baby's sensitivity right up. There are two more filters that I wouldn't necessarily program into my detector. Ground balance and volume. Both of these I would adjust on the fly as you can't know in advance what your ground conditions will be like or the level of background noise on site. This also goes for noise cancel. You can't tell what type of electrical interference will be around on site. So I adjust these on the fly. In fact, I will regularly do a noise cancel and ground balance just to make sure I have filtered out any irregularities that may have crept in across the site. So with all these filters, you should be able to filter out unnecessary information and allow any signals that pass the criteria through to the next stage of augmentation. So remember, augmentation is additive, not reductive or filtering out information. The first adjustable feature I would consider additive is recovery speed. This is your detector's ability to recover from one target and be ready for the next. The higher the recovery speed results in the shorter tone for the target. And if you're lucky enough to have a detector that allows recovery to be adjusted, then you can adjust your recovery speed to make your detector's response larger, allowing for a clearer identification. However, don't go too low with your recovery speed as you will become more susceptible to target masking and you may have to adjust this on site depending on trash levels and your swing speed. The final feature and the most additive is your tones. With your tones, you can layer on specific pitches to specific discrimination ranges, allowing you to identify finds on the fly simply by the tone.
If your detector has this ability, you can have 50 tones, one for every two steps in a 100 point scale. But as I said before, I don't see the point of having so many tones, as it is very hard to identify tones between neighbours on the scale. I think if you're a VDI hunter, as in you only look at the numbers on the screen, that 50 tones may be for you. However, I think 5 tones is the sweet spot for me. One for iron and 4 others with one of these at the top of the conductivity scale, right where large silver lies. So how do you pull all these filters and augmentations together? Well, say if you were looking for silver coins and only silver coins. I would first discriminate out a good portion of the detector's discrimination range, just leaving the top 25%, assuming your detector operates on the conductivity scale. I would then adjust my metal detector's frequency to the lower end of the scale available to me, where silver is better detected, possibly 5 kHz to 15 kHz. Maybe then I would lower my sensitivity to filter out any super small targets, but bear in mind you can have small silver coins too, and you may be leaving these behind, depending on how aggressive you are with the sensitivity adjustment. With the filter set, I would layer on a recovery speed that allows a clear tone at my swing speed, but with the knowledge that I may need to adjust this up if the site has more trash than usual. Next I would layer on 5 tones, one for everything I have filtered out and only audible in all metal mode, which you can hopefully profile switch to. With the remaining 4 tones across the top 25% of the range, I would distribute them with the hope of being able to assign tones to copper, gold and aluminium targets that will sit very close to silver in detection with this program. This program is very much a hypothetical program designed to give you the basics in program or profile design. You may have noticed I didn't do much with the VDI, as this is only an indication of the conductivity scale and what remains after you have filtered out all your noise. Also to note is that this program will also potentially target aluminium or copper targets, simply as they sit very close to silver in the conductivity scale. The key to creating your own programs is to know what you're looking for. The more specific the target, the more specific you can be with the profile or program. Most programs online are exactly this, designed for very specific targets under very specific conditions. Some detectors will require a more complex program, but the basics will remain the same. Your detector may not have all these features, but most have tones and discrimination, which will allow you to filter and augment for specific targets. That's it for this week. I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.themetaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. If you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. Also, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metaldetecting show. The link is in the show notes. If you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down, good luck and happy hunting.